Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most electric music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hi. In this episode we're reviewing the new album by Everything But The Girl. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about but first the news. James what have you got for us this week? I have a kind of a topic that we've talked about quite a bit i think um but just to add on to it really uh enter shikari side note whenever i see that name i think of shakira i i read it as shakira but <laughs> it's not shakira um, imagine if they were called enter shakira <laughs> <laughs> an ambitious cross it's a tribute band this <laughs> <laughs> is coming from the bbc um enter shikari donate tour funds to small venues so they will be donating one pound for every ticket sold um on their 2024 arena tour to small grassroots venues in the uk um and i believe this is via the music venue trust um yeah obviously we talked about this a lot um in response to well during covid um during the rising bills right now and gentrification these grassroots venues are being ripped out of the ground really um and they are going and they are they are important um they said that every time we lose another one we lose a vital part of the culture and i definitely agree with that and these things need to stay about to keep the music industry alive because it's not just about these big artists bringing the money in but it's also small artists that need to grow and yeah these venues are really important and it's great that there's some donating happening uh and that's it for this week yeah it's good to hear big artists supporting the smaller venues in this way because obviously they can't really play shows at those venues anymore because they'd have to do like five nights at everyone to kind of meet the demands of fans so it it just doesn't work out but if they can you know take some of the money that they're earning from the bigger shows and then put it back into the kind of grassroots small venue type system to kind of support those venues but also the bands who need to play at those venues to kind of take the steps to becoming the bigger bands of the future i think that that's a really positive thing to do yeah and also for the fans as well like fans who are priced out of buying tickets to arena shows or fans who don't live in places where there are big arenas or stadiums or whatever, and their access to live music is through these smaller venues. It's really important that those things continue so that everyone has access to live music. So it's, yeah, it's a win for everyone. We, we love to see it. Right, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at Fuse by Everything But The Girl. Released on the 21st of April 2023 on Buzz and Fly uh, through Virgin Music Group. It's 10 tracks long, 35 minutes and 42 seconds. On the band's website, it says, quote, Fuse is the first new studio album from everything but the girl in 24 years. Written and produced by Ben Watt and Tracy Thorne over the spring to summer of 2021, Fuse is a modern take on the lustrous electronic soul the band first pioneered in the mid-90s. 
thorns affecting and richly textured voices once again up front in Watt's glimmering landscape of sub-bass, sharp beats, half-lit synths, and empty space. And as before, the result is the sound of a band comfortable with being both sonically contemporary yet aggressively, yet agelessly themselves. So that's what the website has to say. What did we think? Elle, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I really enjoyed this album. I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. I've not listened to everything about the girl before um, and kind of being faced with like electronica. I was like, oh, that's not really usually my vibe, but, um, you know, we'll see, see what happens. And also the album art was really trippy and that kind of threw me off initially. Uh, but the album itself, I really, really liked. I liked conceptually a lot of what they were kind of saying. I wouldn't say there's necessarily like one through line, but there's a lot about kind of exploring identity and, you know, what it means to kind of grow and change and how you then perceive yourself and perceive uh, younger generations and things like that. And also a lot about kind of just <laughs> not in like a cliche way although the way I'll phrase this sounds cliche but like the power of music the power of song um there's a lot of kind of really lovely I guess homage homages to I guess like clubs of the 80s and 90s music of the 80s and 90s but also lyrically there are references to the importance of song and how that can bring people together how it can bring people comfort and how it helps shape you all of those kind of things I really enjoyed sonically as well I really surprised myself by how much I liked it I think I really enjoyed there's a there's a strong 80s 90s influence that clearly comes out which yeah it's kind of what it says on um like you read will where it's kind of sonically contemporary yeah, Aisley themselves. There's clearly still that harkening back to their roots as artists, but it never feels stale or like you're listening to an album that actually is from that time period. There's still that kind of fresh take, which was really nice to hear. Um, there were some tracks which I kind of felt maybe dragged a little bit or maybe some of the album kind of blurred together a little bit and I kind of wanted maybe a little bit more variety. Um but on the whole, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I can definitely see myself re-listening to this one a lot. James, what did you think? Yeah, I think the website actually put a good description um, for it. It it felt very relaxed. Um, I I think it's kept the sound of everything but the girl. But it does feel modern. It It doesn't feel like it's stuck in a time. Um, yeah, I think relax is the word I would use for it, really. Um, the sounds are lovely. The vocals are even more lovely. Like, they're not, they're not like, wow, feel the range that they have, but it just, tonally, they're just, yeah, sounds so good. Um, I think the simps were just done really well, I guess, um, and the the blending of that with the piano as well, really good. Um, I disagree with any of the songs actually. Um, 
dragging out. I think a lot of the songs were actually shorter than I would have liked. Um, some of it, I think, could have been developed. Um, I feel like some of them, especially some tracks at the end, had um, were a bit short and I felt like it could go somewhere else or harken on points a bit more. Um, but generally, generally it was it was good. So the lyric, in terms of the lyrics, um, the lyrics are done well. I think there's some lines that really stand out. And a lot of the time I don't really know why they stand out, but they just sound really good um, tonally, but also just lyrically. It's just the line just sticks out and stays with you. Some tracks aren't as catchy. You won't be thinking about them again, but some tracks are catchy. Um, and they get stuck in your head. There's not really much, for me at least, there's not really much to say about the album, apart from just a really relaxed, cool, chill album that I'm very happy to listen to. Yeah, I think I think a lot of kind of my general thoughts have been covered. It's a very grown-up pop record. It's kind of the first kind of major point I've, I've jotted down after listening to it a few times. And, and I mean by that, both in kind of the lyrical content, in terms of kind of like Elle was saying, like it, it's a, there's a lot of talk about kind of growing up and how things change over time. And uh, one of the tracks I, I really like is kind of talking about aging in a way, in an interesting way. Um, and we'll get to that in a bit. But also in, in terms of the kind of the way it sounds like they're not, kind of throwing everything at the wall and kind of seeing what comes out it feels very deliberate all of the way through and and if you're coming in looking for a, a pop album that's gonna be kind of immediately catchy and have big hooks all of the time it's probably not that um it's a bit more sparse it's not going for that high energy but what it does provide is kind of really well kind of thought through hooks if that makes sense so they might not be immediately catchy but there's kind of depth to it both in kind of the the way it's arranged the melody and, and also kind of the lyrics too and i feel like that's that's almost aided by the the vocal sound which is very kind of 90s in tone and People just don't sing like this anymore. It's one of those things that you don't don't maybe think about is that all singing voices are kind of put on like it doesn't sound like like people's accents at all really. And like yeah, that you did hear quite a few vocalists around in the nineties and maybe the early noughties who kind of went for this style of singing and yeah, as far you know, from artists I've heard, I don't think anyone modern's really trying to recreate that. So it does feel fresh to be reintroduced to it after over twenty years of not having a new album from these these two. And um, I think one of the best things, and it immediately hits you off the back, and we'll kind of move into, I guess, the deeper discussion now, is the combination of modern sounds and really classic sounds and i think no track on this album does it better than the opener nothing left to lose which comes in and it feels like a modern uk dance track but just toned down enough to be a pop song 
and it works so well with that really deep bass with a, like a very like modern UK feel like it feels like a kind of post grime dance track but then you have these classic 90s vocals and everything in terms of the arrangement and stuff is quite restrained and I think this song if that you know they've really chosen the right one to open the album with because this one gets you hooked straight away yeah this had a really satisfying start to it everything just came together really well it just kind of hit the spot um i think it really gets you in a particular zone and that zone is kept throughout the rest of the album and it does set a lovely tone for the rest of the album i love the way the bass synth glides up to those higher notes it's really satisfying and done really well i think the singing is more simple but still impactful um i love the lines um i need a thicker skin and tell me what to do because i've always listened to you and those lines feel oddly relatable i don't know if it's relatable to everyone and i'm not sure if the way i'm interpreting it is the way same way they're getting it across but yeah it feels really relatable and personal while being yeah really engaging yeah i loved this track and yeah just kind of echo what the two of you said it's the perfect opener i think it really sets the tone like you've both said for the album and it's just so gorgeously done i really love the vocals i also kind of picked out those lyrics james i thought well i thought all of the lyrics on this track were stunning i also really like the lyric kiss me while the world decays kiss me while the music plays because for me that also set up a lot of the tone of the album and it being a kind of dismissal of like I guess maybe responsibilities maybe cares just kind of saying like look that's all gonna happen anyway but let's just go for it let's just you know kiss dance sing and also the kiss me while the music plays like it immediately picks up on that kind of self-referential thing of the music and the song and that being really integral to them and their lives I think you get that in terms of kind of the longevity of their career you know they haven't released something in a couple of decades but it's still clear that they they've never stepped away from music and I liked that with this track you immediately get that kind of line of you know kiss me while the music plays that that we're going to reference music within this album because that is like the core of what what we're doing why we're here and all of that kind of stuff and yeah it's just it's just a banging opener yeah i think this lyrically what this song does really well is it sets up presumably how intertwined music and these two's relationship is kind of merged together so the the two members of everything but the girl got married in 2009 so they're a, they're a couple and i feel like this song kind of yeah, it has those elements talking about the music and how they're together. And then it, it also kind of introduces interesting things as well. It's not kind of like just talking about their relationship as... It's not even putting it into a negative light. It's kind of leaving the door for things to improve, if that makes sense. Where they're talk- talking about this kind of the chorus they're saying about like there's nothing left to lose Uh, and from that i was getting like they're talking about maybe being more open with each other 
maybe there's something there about kind of them releasing an album now also but i like that idea of it them kind of being like investigating their relationship even after they've been presumably together for a long long time and and seeing where there might be room to kind of make things even better i'd be interested to hear what you two thought about kind of the sudden change into the second track run a red light which is almost just like a piano ballad with kind of some extra elements added on top i really liked how uh in the chorus part they kind of layered the vocals but then it was almost like they they'd done like a vocoder effect on them but they turned the wet dry knob down to like 20 percent or something so it it doesn't overtake everything but it's it's in there and it adds that extra timbre to it yeah i thought this track was really interesting i liked that kind of switch from the first track to yeah a, a more piano ballad um as you termed it unlike me who wrote down ballady piano not a good phrase um but i really liked with this track that you did get that kind of shift um sonically and it it has that kind of slower tempo and it feels almost at times like slightly plaintive but then also like lyrically you get almost like a slightly hedonistic attitude of like you know why not just go and like run the red light go and do these things go out and all of that kind of stuff and I liked that contrast with like this kind of carefree go for it attitude and then this almost quite like maybe slightly jazz influenced slightly more soulful sadder tone and I thought that was a really nice way of kind of looking at that and for me that's what kind of linked it with the opening track where it's that kind of same dichotomy between this kind of quite sad attitude of like you know the world's decaying in the first track and all of this kind of stuff but also like well what well why not just you know go for it then because like the first track says like there's nothing left to lose um and so I liked that I liked that the second track sonically felt quite different but actually the more I listened to it the more I was like oh no they're they're related that's nice yeah, I was gonna say the exact thing that that, that is that link there. Of. Um, uh, yeah, just kind of going for it and and nothing to lose, you know. Um, like we keep saying, uh, I I really enjoyed that change to the piano. Um, I really loved the line, well, the line of the song "Run a Red Light." It was performed really well. Um, and I, I still, even though it's like changing tone, it still in the zone like I was saying um, <laughs> yeah it, it had nice lyrics about living in the moment and uh, I just thought it was a lovely track which kept the really uh, the message I think do you think we might see more of kind of a renaissance of this style of kind of electronic music lyricism like thinking about kind of you know recent geopolitical and kind of just general life events that have happened for people could like the kind of hedonism of the 90s be likely to come back i think maybe 
but probably in a slightly different way because I think there's definitely that lean into like a hedonistic lifestyle and a kind of like well you know look at all the war look at the pandemic look at everything that's been terrible so why not live as much as we can and do what we want and all of that kind of stuff but also at a time when everyone is faced with rising prices and things like that and also much more climate consciousness and awareness of inequality I think it's then very difficult to reconcile that with that kind of hedonism so I think it'll almost be like there'll be an attempt at doing something like sustainable hedonism um which you know will kind of contradict itself but I think that that's the kind of leaning we might begin to see where it's yeah they're trying to capture that hedonism but also still be like yeah but don't worry guys I I do recycle (laughs) (laughs) I love that to be an actual line in this track (laughs) yeah people at Glastonbury are like screaming and then the the chorus comes in it's talking about recycle your solo cups (laughs) (laughs) well it's kind of within um what track is it Uh, when you mess up the fourth track there's almost a kind of maybe like vague reference or or beckoning to that kind of idea um when it's kind of saying like the whole message of the song is saying like you're gonna mess up that's very normal but you've got to forgive yourself and all of this kind of stuff and then there's the lyric in a world of microaggressions little human transgressions forgive yourself uh, which I just thought was a really well-written lyric. I thought it sounded really nice. Um, but also I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I think increasingly, especially online with this kind of pervasive cancel culture and the idea that you have to be completely uh, kind of on it with like quote-unquote wokeness and know every term and like essentially come out of the womb being the most woke activist you've ever seen as though like you're not still learning how to be a human every single day of your life um so I thought that was quite interesting this idea of like yeah you're gonna mess up and like that's okay you still got to forgive yourself but I was like oh I'm wary of people like taking that attitude and running with it and being like yeah microaggressions aren't real and it's like well no they are like you know that's not really the point um but I did think this track was a really moving look at that kind of self-reflection and the idea that like I think particularly for me kind of thinking about um them writing it as now parents and looking perhaps towards their children or younger generations or even themselves and kind of in this new phase of their life and understanding who they are and how they act and like reflecting on their kind of choices and decisions in their youth the idea of like forgiveness being at the core of it I thought was a really beautiful way of reflecting on the self and on growing up um I also really liked uh the lyric to sing is to pray twice which is I believe if my catholic childhood holds out um is a quote from saint augustine so I just really liked that because I was like wow the kind of Anything that references music as holy or spiritual, I'm always, I'm going to eat that up. Um, but I really like this where it sings to pray twice. I think that again, like goes across the album where it's, you know, talking a lot about 
song and music as being very important and sacred but also within this song uh lyrics are repeated so you get forgive yourself forgive yourself like that's quite often said twice um and so I liked that as well I was like oh sing is to pray twice and you're going to forgive yourself twice and all of this kind of stuff I was like that's just you know fun um but I thought yeah I just I thought this was a really interesting track Yeah, is it, is it interesting theme given the, those previous tracks of you know kind of going all out and just doing doing the things that will make you happy and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I think I think it's a theme that needed to be there, and I think they did it really well. And I think this kind of theme would speak to a lot of people. I think the vocal tone is lovely. Um, I love how the lines are delivered, um, especially when you mess up lines towards the end. They hit really hard and they work really well. I wasn't the biggest fan of the, of the start where the uh, with the vocal tune and the piano in the background, it kind of clashed to me um, and I didn't quite like the sound, but the rest of the track was really lovely and really well delivered. Yeah, I love the way that the music swelled up on those mess-up lines towards the end. It, it really kind of gave the track, well, gave the vocal weight behind it. And even the vocal performance by itself would have been quite powerful, even if they had have just left it plain. But that just really kind of gave it that last little bit of energy. Uh, yeah, I completely agree that it's a, kind of a really important message. I think, in a way, it's almost easy to look back and think that we should have kind of forgiven ourselves maybe a bit more when we were younger but then it you kind of have to be selective about the things that you you should have forgiven yourself for and sometimes you kind of need need to feel bad <laughs> to improve so yeah I don't don't know where quite where I land on it but yeah I think it's <laughs> it's an important message in some way I want to go back to the theme of um love really uh between them two, time and time again, the next track, actually. Um, yeah, it felt really, really relaxing in the way. Um, really loved the lyric. Maybe we were born at the wrong time, under the wrong sign, but call me. And that was repeated quite a bit. And it felt really real. I don't know. Maybe it, cause it was because they were repeating it, but it just felt really natural and real. And that's kind of why it was relaxing. Um but the start was quite cool sounding still <laughs> but then yeah it, i don't know how to explain it but yeah it's so cool electronica sound um what else uh yeah uh it was relaxing but it felt real yeah i liked how the feel of the beat was just very different on this it felt a lot more r&b than whereas the other tracks feel very kind of house or techno um but it still kind of had some classic elements thrown in as well, like the dance elements. Like there were lots of 808 sounds in there, the rim shots there, the claves there. Uh, some of the symbols are from an 808. Like it, it kind of brings all together. And yeah, it, th this one I felt really kind of pushed that 90s feel of, of the sound. Kind of, if you hadn't got it already, this one kind of hammers that home. That yeah, this sounds kind of rooted in in kind of late 90s crying on the dance floor type 
dance tracks. Yeah, I really loved that. Um, well, I loved all of the kind of 90s influences just because I really enjoy that. But I think particularly on this track with its whole thing about time, I was like, oh, it's really nice that it's referencing back to another time, to a time that was obviously really uh, kind of significant for them as well. And I really liked the kind of different phrasings of time. So uh, like the idea of like when you feel like it's time, but also um, James, like you were saying, that it, like maybe we were born at the wrong time. And the idea that it, time is just like this consistent, persisting thing, but you can kind of still make your own choices within that. Um, so even like the idea of like, maybe we were born at the wrong time under the wrong sign. It's like, well, yeah, going back to like that whole overarching thing of like, okay, and what? Like, still call me. <laughs> Let's make it work. <laughs> um, which I really liked that kind of idea of like making your own choices and destiny. I also really liked that all of these kind of references to time and phrasings of it was then kind of also played with sonically. So you get that kind of persistent beat, which is, you know, a nice idea of like something moving forward, something like time happening. But then you also get um, some kind of like, I think at one point the vocals like sped up slightly and there was this kind of like change um, in tempo and, those kind of things I really liked. I liked the idea of kind of almost them going, yeah, maybe we were born at the wrong time, but like, we'll just manipulate it then. Like, we'll just create our own, uh, which I thought was really clever. Um, and yeah, again, just that kind of, that 90s vibe, like going through was just, I thought fitting, but also just really gorgeous to listen to. While we're talking about time, I want to bring up the track Lost, which was the one that lyrically hit me the most, I think. And the lyrics are really simple, where she's kind of singing about... I mean, she's literally just saying kind of a list of things that she's lost, and it it kind of starts out talking about things like jobs, and then it moves down to kind of more serious stuff like important people in, in her life. And I thought that was a really lovely way of kind of talking about ageing without addressing the kind of situation directly of like kind of just putting into context or or maybe even taking out of context the kind of stuff that we're expected to endure as we get older and we go through life and by kind of putting it so bluntly in a song it it really gives it emotional weight yeah it felt it felt really cathartic really just felt like i'm putting all of my thoughts and emotions on this page and here you go you can listen to it if you want but this is my song and this is what i'm doing yeah i really i this track was a real standout because it was so it it really just kind of stopped me um like you said well i really liked that kind of the lyrics that open uh with a kind of list of things that have been lost and it's a different thing each time um until you get to the chorus where like i lost it uh just like you know losing it that's kind of repeated and then you go back to another verse where things you, you think you're going back into another list and then actually the line i lost my mother is repeated and you realize that that is like at that moment in time the most painful loss um which i wasn't expecting 
Uh, so that really hit me as well. I thought that was a really cleverly structured lyric. I also really liked that um, you get this kind of thing where the vocals almost feel like they're flickering in the background, uh, kind of as the song progresses, as though, you know, maybe like the things you lost are there and you're trying to find them and fumbling for them, or maybe like the things and the people you've lost kind of linger and are always in the background of your life and in your mind because you know you can still go about your day-to-day but loss and that feeling of grief will just hit out of nowhere and suddenly like that's your only thought like I lost my mother I lost my mother like that is the only thing you can think because the loss has just hit you all over again um so yeah I thought this this song was just really really beautiful and really incredibly moving for what actually feels quite simple I think that's what makes it so difficult but stunning I don't think that's going to be anywhere that feels particularly satisfying to segue to <laughs> from from that one I think uh, as an interesting contrast the the penultimate track interior space presents a very different kind of lyrical style where the the vocals are very well the imagery is very dark it it kind of made me think of like nine inch nails or like gary newman or or someone like that like just some something very different it was an interesting thing to put kind of towards the end of the album because it it just seems so different from everything else and not in a way where it feels disjointed although it doesn't work but yeah it it doesn't whereas lost feels like kind of a turn but it makes sense i guess with the themes that have been developed this one felt just very different in a way i didn't wasn't expecting yeah i agree it had this kind of it slightly unsettled me i was like oh okay um but yeah, kind of reflecting on it, it like you said, it doesn't feel out of place on the album. It just feels like a strange turn. And there are uh, these kind of repeated references to an alien place in the lyrics. And to me, the song felt quite alien. I thought that was, again, just really cleverly done, particularly its placement within the album as the penultimate track. It does then really emphasise that kind of otherworldly, slightly alien feeling that they're clearly trying to capture I also really liked how it this song approaches the idea of kind of existing in your body and what that means and your acknowledgement of it as you grow older and all of those kind of things, which, you know, is something that's talked about and sung about and written about a lot. Um, I really liked this take on it. I kind of firstly like the phrasing of it as an interior space. I thought was really interesting um, because of course it's this external thing, your body that like exists within the world, but also it is a very interior thing for you. And the idea of space of like being allowed to take up space or, you know, what space you have within you and what fills it, I thought was really interesting. I also picked up on like a few lyrics that felt quite uh, indicative of a particularly like uh, the experience of living and aging within a like female reproductive body um the idea of kind of uh the lyric 
no, I don't bleed. And yes, I am freed. But what is that worth? Are we all about birth? Uh, which for me kind of made me, made me think of like maybe like the men, the menopause of like you then stop bleeding, you stop your periods. Are you then free of like that burden? Um, but there's, now that means that you are no longer able to give birth. Does that mean that you've lost your worth as a human? Uh, which I thought was just a big concept to tackle and just chuck in. Um, but yeah, I just thought this this whole song is a really interesting exploration of what it means to like live in your own body um, and how even though it's your own body and like that's the, you know, your most permanent home, it can still feel alien and it can still feel unsettling. Yeah, even the term like interior space makes makes it feel like the body it, the the they feel claustrophobic in the body. It make it makes it feel like yeah, I'm I'm stuck in this room and the these things are alien and I can't get out of it even if I want to. But then it's kind of trying to live with that and accept that and yeah make make the space your own which i really enjoyed that theme yeah different very different sound um it's definitely something i wasn't expecting it had this began with this like dramatic piano of like is this a film score what is this um had like such a dark feeling um i th- i think the sound could have gone different places but i think the theme of it did enough We've talked a lot about the songs that kind of diverge from the, I guess, maybe the core elements of the album. But some of the ones where it sticks maybe more closely to what you'd expect or kind of the kind of regular stuff on the record, I I think are also strong. Caution to the Wind, the third track, is like this sparse house track. And by it being so stripped back in terms of arrangement, it really puts the focus all on the vocals, um, which works. And the chorus on this one, I think, is really catchy. And then you've got other big tracks. No One Knows We're Dancing, which the lyrics, I, I think, are maybe not the strongest on the record, where it's it does the thing that I think we've praised a lot of albums for doing, where it kind of tells stories. But, but the stories are kind of a bit pointless and it's just kind of like, oh, we're all dancing in a room and here's how everyone got here. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like, a, this isn't the most interesting thing about this party, you would have thought. But um, but the thump of the kick in the track works really well. And I loved how the synth arpeggios are kind of so ethereal, but they're, then they're grounded down to be a dance beat by the the kind of big chord part that comes in and the drums and the vocals, which all kind of play into that so you've got these two parts kind of doing different things but then when it comes together it really works yeah no the no one knows we're dancing track the it, it begins with this like um clap adjacent sound uh don't really know what it is but it really brings momentum to the track um and then the percu- other percussion comes in and that does the same yeah the, the lyrics kind of I think it does well to transport you, but it transports you to almost like a very benign story. <laughs> it paints his story, but it's quite benign, which I'm sure there's reason to, but 
yeah, it, it does it well, I guess. Um, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed this track for the energy it brought and how it really pushed you along. Yeah, I, I really liked the kind of mundanity of the storytelling aspect and that kind of like, why are you telling us this? Um, because I think it contrasts so nicely with the idea of kind of, yeah, we've all just kind of turned up, you know, nothing particularly special, but you know, we're dancing and that's like the point of it. And also like the idea of like, no one knows we're dancing because perhaps uh, like there's part of it is because they are physically inside, you know, I'd imagine in a room that people aren't like looking in on, um, but also like the idea of like, they're, they've, they've come from these kind of mundane backgrounds or, you know, just like the everydayness of life um so you wouldn't necessarily look at them and expect them to then be going and having a rave of a like Sunday evening or whatever um but I I kind of really liked that I like the idea that like it, you don't have to be a I don't know like quote-unquote someone or like it to be like a particular occasion like you can just go and with all of these people who in that moment feel the same as you and you're all kind of dancing together and there's something really yeah again quite holy about that about like the idea of like all coming together under that music and that idea of it almost being like a slight secret gives it a, a kind of specialness which is exciting um so I really enjoyed that and also yeah it's just a cracking beat it's it's really fun. It's really fun to listen to. The other track I'd really pick out as being one of the stronger kind of dancier songs is Forever, which you get lots of interesting elements on. There are uh, the the backing vocals have been like pitched up, which sounds really interesting. It's like there's a form and shifter on there, and and I really like the beat because it again it's really quite restrained where you'd kind of expect lots of elements pushing kind of the, the groove of the beat into kind of the those kind of leading notes or kind of the ghost notes that that make you feel like, oh, this is kind of groovy and swung. But actually, mostly it's just a straight beat with kind of a bit of a swing on the hats. And then there are occasional elements that come in and remind you of, of where that, that syncopation's happening. I I really enjoyed that because it it makes those moments feel more special and it it almost kind of makes you focus in more on the the groove and following it and hearing all of kind of the the timing of all of the different elements not just the drums that that vocal effect on the harmonies is not something i picked out from this track but something i picked out on the last track um karaoke maybe it's a bit different but um yeah the harmonies are they they they're not tuned up, but they're, they're like they're like I want to use the term auto tuned very lightly because yeah, it's not really auto tuned, but it's it's tuned to the very specific t- pitch. Whereas the vocals are very natural, but yeah, the harmonies are doing uh, that tuning, which is a really cool touch. Um, and it happens like these effects are used very sparsely throughout the album, but when they do happen, it adds a nice little. Um, fresh breath into it i don't know it it, it it does well yeah i really liked 
like Sir James said, it's kind of used sparsely so that you get a real effect when it does come in. And yeah, I really liked that it is on this final track um, because this final track is all about kind of song and how that's bringing people together, you know, in this like random bar or pub, I don't know. Um, like everyone's kind of united through karaoke, which is this really, it just feels like a really fun uh, kind of concept initially. Like, you know, you turn up at a bar that's doing karaoke and the reactions then differ. Um, they kind of name drop artists and say like the, the reaction that that uh, song gets. And it's kind of a really fun comment on how song can bring people together it can you know boost them up or it can kind of make people feel like down or sad um because that is again like the cliche like the power of music the power of song um which I think is a really persistent theme across the whole album but I just feel like in this track they do it really well where they kind of talk about like those examples of it and then in the chorus kind of ask like well why are you singing like do you sing to heal do you sing to get the party started like which one is it and it's kind of we well, can do it all like that's what makes music so special is that it inspires different things but like consistently brings people together well on that note shall we wrap up our review by ranking the album where would we like to put fuse by everything but the girl the rankings currently stand as a number 15, Yeji with With a Hammer. Number 14, 12 by Ryuichi Sakamoto. Number 13, Higher Lonely Power by Fireworks. Number 12, Eric Hall with Canto Ostinato. Number 11, Kate NV with Wow. Number 10, Complete Mountain Almanac self-titled album. Number 9, The Record by Boy Genius. Number 8, The Other One by Baby Metal. Number 7, Gorillas with Cracker Island. Number 6, Feists, Multitudes. Number five, All Fiction by Pyle. Number four, Kalela with Raven. Number three, Rats or God by Wednesday. Number two, Young Fathers with Heavy Heavy. And at number one, Asking for a Ride by White Reaper. I'm always like hesitant to say. Um, I would go high with this one. I really, really loved it. I loved it more and more on re-listen. And also discussing it now has also like convinced me how much I really like this um I'm trying to recall other albums and I'm like oh but they were so good as well but I think for me I would definitely place this one in the top three like I really really liked this one I would put this in at number six just above Feist below Pile incorrect unfortunately I am. I really don't know about this one. <laughs> um, not as in, oh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I put that high. I, I would put it that high, I think. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's kind of like sitting on a different playlist to all the others, you know? Yeah. Um, or like sitting in a different group. So it, it's really it's really hard to compare it to the others. Um, like I really enjoyed Cracker Island for its sound and just it's it's fun nature whereas this one is it feels relaxed and personal and i do think it has replayability is that the word um 
to it. I, I think I could listen to it quite a bit. Um, I was listening to a Multitudes earlier, and I really liked that. I, I don't know if I would put it <laughs> higher than that, and I don't know. Um, the reason I wouldn't go as high as you, Al, is... Well, I think it's good. I think it could have gone further in terms of blending in maybe more modern dance music elements. I think that first track does it really, really well. And then on the rest of the album, I was kind of waiting for maybe a a bit more... I don't know, a few kind of more shocking elements. I think the synths are, are well-designed, but that there's maybe not enough that makes me think kind of wow that's really great or or kind of those kind of really pleasing sounds to hear which i think i mean young fathers does over and over and over again i think rats or god has incredible guitar tones and obviously it's a very different record and it's got kind of a very different style of storytelling kalela and this are maybe a bit more comparable in terms of they're both going for pop stuff both going for kind of 90s throwbacks as well, which is interesting. Um, but I think Kalela's maybe a, a bit more immediate. I could see the argument for putting this above that, but I don't know. I think maybe this is just revealing to me that I really enjoy 90s throwbacks. Um, fun to learn something about yourself. <laughs> I think... <sighs> I do get what you're saying though, because I did think the same. I was like, oh, I'm kind of wanting, like on some tracks, I was like, I just wanted something like a bit spicier. Like, um, and I did really love Clayla, as we know. I think, mate, this is so difficult. This I'll put this so at number difficult. seven, I think. To throw <laughs> you, out there. you just come straight back in and you're like, no, nah, I made a decision now. <laughs> 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 Can I, I just bring a fact to everyone's attention that uh, it is now in 2023, 49 years since Everything But The Girl released their debut album. 39 years. That's insane. Still number one. In 1984. <laughs> like that, well, that's If we're considering crazy. longevity. Yeah. That's impressive. There's been there's been almost forty years they've been releasing albums. Like obviously they had a twenty three year. I was gap gonna say like there, it's but... not like they were banging one out every two years. <laughs> well, to be fair, they were writing music, just not as a yeah. duo. So you know, but yeah, I I think I'm happy saying six between Pile and and Feist. I'll agree with that because I think I'd think about it. I'd probably personally put it at four. Well, everything but the girls' fuse is going in at number six. I might have to stop reading them out next week. It might be time. I was thinking. I was like, it is. It does consistently impress me how you managed to get through them all because there are so many now. I also only just noticed that you don't read every album. The same. Sometimes you put the artist first. Sometimes yeah. you put the album first. I try <laughs> I and mix it up. <laughs> it's very skilled. Yeah. Can someone go back and check how long I did it last year? Like when did we? When did I stop reading them out? How many episodes were we in? That's a a question I'd like to to have answered. 
Do you also want us to calculate like how long it took you to read them out? Like maybe some album titles were longer than others and that's something to consider. True. Yep. Can I get just a statistical analysis and and a report? I'll bring a full report. Yeah. Thank you. Let's get on to upcoming releases for this week. Uh, A few interesting records to check out this week. Uh, first off, Fatumata Diawara is releasing a new album called London Co. or London KO. I'm not sh- quite sure how it's supposed to be said because it's all in capitals. Um, if you don't know Fatumata Diawara, she's a vocalist from Mali, I want to say. Yes. Yeah, she's a vocalist from Mali, um, and she's kind of come to fame over here, partly through her own music, which is very good, but also from being sampled by Disclosure and then collaborating with them. Also collaborating with Gorillaz on a track on Song Machine from 2020, um, and her vocals just sit so nicely in those kind of like big pop tracks. Um, and her solo stuff is is also really, really great. So I'm excited for this one. Next up, Animal Collective are releasing a new EP. It's called A Night at Mr. Raindrop's Holistic Supermarket. I haven't listened to anything from it, but it sounds like it's going to be great and it's Animal Collective. So, um, yeah, check it out. And also check out our review from last year of their album Time Skiffs. Oh, that's good. That was nice. Subtle. Yeah. Smooth. Mm. Next up, uh, emo pop punk band Hot Mulligan are releasing a new album called Why Would I Watch this week. Um, they're not like my favourite emo-y band, but their albums are kind of enjoyable. So hopefully this, this one's good. And I've actually been quite enjoying the singles. So maybe this will be kind of a step up for them. And finally, Over Mono. UK dance music duo are releasing their debut album, Good Lies. I'm not quite sure how to feel about this one because I may be a bit worried that it might disappoint a bit. Some of the singles have sounded a lot like kind of stuff they've done before, which is partly fine, but also on a full length, you kind of want to be going in different directions. And the stuff that makes a, you know, a 12 inch good doesn't necessarily turn into a good full-length album but i'm hoping to be surprised and in a positive way right that's it for upcoming releases and that's it for the show thank you for listening thank you james and l for joining me been good thanks for having us if you like the podcast you should subscribe on your podcast service of choice new episodes come out every monday but if you're likely to forget you can turn on notifications in your podcast app if you'd like to hear more from us throughout the week, you can follow us on Twitter at Unmuted Weekly. If you want to get in touch, you can drop us an email at unmutedmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is That Feels Good by Jesse Ware.